0: Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Do me a favor. Before we start getting to the word, on the bottom right-hand corner, if you're on Facebook, hit that share button, and then start a watch party. The reason being is we as a church can can reach out to the ones that, that like our page, that interact with New Life Community Church, but we cannot reach your friends without reaching, without you reaching your friends. Amen. So you know what? We need to go out to the world and reach the world. And you have a timeline that we can impact. So do me a favor. Go on there. Let's share the hope. Let's share the love of Jesus Christ. Hit share this start that watch party, and let's see what, what God has in store for our friends and our family and the world around us. Amen. This morning, I uh, also want to share with you, uh, there's many ways to view us, of course, through our Facebook, uh, through YouTube. If you download our app, uh, which is through our Facebook page, if you uh, look at the blue button that says Use App or Get App, click that button that takes you to our app, you can watch us through the app. On that app, too, there's a prayer wall. So if you need prayer for anything, feel free. Put your prayers on there so we can see, we can pray for you, but others can see that as well and bombard Heaven's Door with your need and your request. Also, there's a way to give your tithes and our offering through that app. So You hit the Give button. There's also a note tab where you can take notes. All my listening uh, uh, sheets are in there. You can take digital notes, email it to you, and save it digitally. Pretty cool in the area we live in. Um, also, another way to give your tithes and an offering, if you text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, text the word GIVE to uh, this number, one 414 165 That's 1-833-414-0165. We'll send you a link where you can give your tithes and an offering that way as well. It's amazing what we can accomplish through uh, digital means. Amen. And so, you know, even though the church is closed, we are fully alive and we are fully operating uh, today like never before. This is the biggest Easter Sunday we've ever had at New Life Community Church. I can guarantee you that. So I'm excited for what God has in store this morning. And this morning, my sermon is titled Elevate Love. Elevate Love. Now, if you haven't turned to our previous uh, sermons, you can catch them on our podcast. You can catch them on our YouTube page or our Facebook page. But we've been in a series, I believe it's, I think it's the eighth week, if I'm not mistaken, of the word elevate, elevate, the, the God has given us the word elevate in 2020. God has challenged us to elevate every area and every aspect of your life. And I'm telling you right now, God's going to challenge you as well in different areas and aspects of your life. And, and as, he, as he's challenged us and as, as, as we, we've gotten a greater desire and, a, and, a, and have a greater relationship with him, we know his word and his word says as we draw near to him, God is good to draw near to you. He'll draw near to me, he'll draw near to you. As we draw near to him and once we are one with God, God will do things in your life. You will see the hand of God move. You will see doors open up. You will see only God can provide once you are one with God. So that is our challenge in the New Life Community Church is in 2020 is to elevate. Someone type that. This is going to be an interactive sermon. Someone type that in, in, in the, uh, the Facebook uh, comment section or YouTube. Uh, elevate the word elevate that's for you today is elevate that's our challenge last week we looked at matthew 21 and and we learned that we can have hope and the reason why we can have hope is because two thousand years ago jesus christ came riding on in a donkey on that palm sunday into jerusalem and he brought hope to those uh, then and he brings hope for us now and there was three ways and three reasons why we have hope the first one was he is sovereign king he is a sovereign king over your life the second one is he is a prophesied messiah he was prophesied to come 500 years later after that prophecy was given he showed up and he fulfilled that prophecy and the third one is hosanna save us he is the savior of the world and because of that we have hope this morning is what we call resurrection sunday or Easter Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate that our Savior, Jesus Christ, that was put upon that cross on a Friday. He was uh, taken out a Friday night, put into uh, the tomb. He spent the day Friday, the rest of Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning, uh, 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 he resurrected, and he is alive more than ever today than he was ever in history. Amen? He conquered death. He conquered Satan, and on Sunday morning, he rose now I was, I was i was meditating on that word resurrection and what the cross means and what the empty grave means there's many words that describe or what can describe what resurrection is you know words as such as hope come to my mind a uh, peace of course comes to my mind a miracle because it's a, a god performed what only god can do which is a miracle of course joy a grace and mercy is what we receive from Jesus. That comes to my mind. But one major word that comes to my mind that I believe that the cross, the empty tomb, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ represents is the word love. Someone type love. You're not in here with me, but someone type love in, in, in the comment section. Love elevates love. That's a major word. That's what the, the, the death the resurrection, the cross, and the empty tomb represents, it represents love. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. Plain out, simple, God is love. See, our issue is we don't picture a God that's fully loving. You know, there was a, a, a Time Magazine article, uh, and they asked a number of people how they pictured God. And one of the responses says this. It says, God is a lot like he was explained to us as a child, don't know what church they went to, but this is how he explained it. As an older man who is just and who can get angry at us. I know this is, isn't the true picture, but it's the only one I've got. Can you believe someone believes that? And you know, I say that, can you believe but in reality? You know what the reality is? A lot of us believe that exact statement. Some of us only picture God as as a God waiting to to smite us, or we picture God as one who's waiting to point out our mistakes and our gotcha moments, and this is what you've done wrong, and we look so much at the don'ts in the Bible instead of the do's in the Bible because the do's outweigh the don'ts in the Bible, and we look at God as a God, sometimes sometimes some of us look at God as a God that is unhappy, a white-bearded father figure who gets angry at us, that points the finger and looks down upon our mistakes, and And that's not who God is this morning I want us to see God for who he is a gracious God a kind God a first John 4 8 God that says God is love question this morning is how do you see God how do you see God this morning I, I, I want us to see God in a different eye and that's in the eyes and through the eyes of Jesus himself you know there's a popular Bible verse that we quote, and we're going to quote it a lot. We're going to read it a lot this morning, and it's one that we all know. It doesn't matter if you were in church for a day or you've been in church for 100 years. It's a Bible verse that I can guarantee you, every one of us watching knows right now, and it's John 3:16. and these are the words of Jesus, and what he's doing is he's describing who God is. And he can tell us who God is because he's fully God. But we see in John three thirteen what he explains and how he can explain who God is. If you have a Bible, turn with me to John three. We'll be in John three most of the of the morning. John three thirteen says this: No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. What Jesus is saying is no other, has, no other has, uh, uh, being has ever been in heaven and have, has came from heaven other than one, which is Jesus Christ. And Jesus knows God because he was with God and he is one with God from heaven. And this leads to him to talk about who is God, what is God like, what God has planned for you and for me. And this morning, I want you to see four truths. And my desire and my hope is for us to see John 3.16 not just as a a general, uh, a a scripture that everybody knows, but it's a scripture that we all can abide by, we all can live by, and we can see the love in John 3.16. And John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the, the reading out of the NIV. The fourth truth I want you to see, the first truth I want us to see is God's love for the world. It's God's love for the world. So we look at that scripture, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world. What does that that scripture start out with? It starts out with with the word for, for God. And what's the word for there for is there to tie verse uh, 16 with what was said in verse 14 and 15. So let's look at what verse 14 and 15 say. And this is out of the Amplified so we can get more context and understand what what Jesus was trying to say here. Okay. And it says this. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so it is necessary that, they add, the Son of Man be lifted up on earth. The cross in order that everyone who believes in him everyone who believes in him who cleaves to him who trusts him and relies on him may not perish but have eternal life and actually live forever jesus was lifted up on death on the cross but you might ask the question of, why did Jesus have to die a, a, a public death? Why did he need to be publicly executed? The answer lies in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. It was God's love for the world. Who are the world? What makes up the world? It's you and me. We are the inhabitants of the world. We make up the world. You do. I do. We all make up the world. We are the object of God's love. Nothing else is the object of God's love like we are. He loves it all, but not like you and me. Nothing else is the object of God's love like we are, you and I. Not the animals, not the landscape, not the water, not the heavens and the earth. Not the sun, stars, and moon, none of it. He created the earth, and every time he created something, he looked at it, and he said it was good, because it was that, it was just good. And then on the sixth day, he did something miraculous. He made man and woman in the eyes of God, and on the sixth day, when he sat back and he looked at his creation, he said these words, he said, it is very good. It is very good. God loved us that us that much. And that's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross was because of God's love for you and for me. We see the third word for God. So for God, so loved the world for God. So the word, so when you think about it, is it necessary in there? Let me show you this. See, Jesus could have said, for God loved the world, and we would have been good with that. God loved the world. That was truth. That was fact. That's perfectly fine. God loved the world, but he uses those tiny two-letter words that says, so. For God so loved the world. What does so mean? Why is that word there? Because it emphasizes the love that God has for you and I. So means I love you really, 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 really much. I love you with all my heart. That's what the word so is there for. God so loved the world. My three-year-old at home, little Haley, I'll ask her sometimes. I'll say, hey, how much do you love, Daddy? And she'll look at me, and she goes, I love you, Daddy, so, so, so very much. This is coming from a three-year-old. So, so, so very much. She understands the significance of the small words of so. So, so, so very much. Isn't that interesting that a three-year-old uses the same concept that our father God uses to explain his love for us? It's true love. My daughter loves me for who I am. She loves me unconditionally. Isn't that amazing that God uses that same language to tell us, to tell you how much he loves you? That's amazing when you think about it. He so loved the world that he sent Jesus to the world. The second truth I want us to see this morning, going back to John 3:16, I told you, if you don't know John 3:16 before, you will know it now. John 3:16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. The second truth we see in John 3:16 was God's proof, his proof of his love. We know what the word says that God so loved the world. We just we broke that down what God so loved the world means. But how do we know he loves the world? How do you know? How can you fathom? How can you accept the fact that he really really loves you? The proof of God's love Is this is he acted upon it he acted upon his word let me ask you this how do you know someone loves you how do you know someone really truly loves you well of course they say those three magic words right they say I love you right I love you baby they say those words right I love you and these words, what do they do? They 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 make us get some, some fuzziness, feelings, and 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 we, we our hearts explode the first time we hear those words whispered into our ears. And and because they say "I love you," you know, the all trouble goes away. But let me tell you this: but the words "I love you" are not the only way we know someone loves us. I remember years ago, it wasn't too far. I'm not that old, but I remember years ago when I first met my wife. And, of course, we were uh, older teenagers at the time. I was uh, 18. She was 17. And I remember when we started going out, uh, she said, you know, she waited a while until she said the words, I love you. So after the first hour, she told me, I love you. No, I'm just playing. She didn't say that. (laughs) My wife told me, you know, I wouldn't use the word. I'm not going to use the words. I love you unless I really, really mean I love you. See, we didn't want those words just to be thrown around with absolutely no substance behind it. Those words of I love you should have some kind of substance behind it. See, I tell my, my, my wife all the time I love her, but what do I do to show her my love and affection? You know those times I'll go and, and she'll have dinner plans or maybe no dinner plans and I'll get home and I'll cook something up real quick. And that shows me shows her that I, I, I love her. There's maybe a chore that she normally does and I'll step in and I'll do it. It shows that I, I care for her, that I I, I, that I I do love her. I'll go the extra mile or I'll lavish her with gifts. The other day I go and I was home and during quarantine, it makes you do some crazy things. And so the crazy thing I did, which may not be crazy to you, but I cleaned the stove, the stovetop, right? I took a sponge, and I cleaned that sucker off. For me, I can care less about having a, a stove. As long as that fire works, and I can you know, grill, uh, 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 throw some eggs on there and, and cook, I'm cool with it. But my wife, I know she's not. That's her domain. That's one thing she loves to do is she loves to cook, and she likes to bake. So what did I do? I went, and I scrubbed that sucker clean. Just to show I love her. It's the substance behind the words of I love her. It's called demonstrating my love to her. It's a demonstration of my love that assures her that I really do love her. Words without action, they're just words, they're dead upon arrival. There's nothing there. I know people who stick in on an abusive relationship, and the reason why they stay in the relationship of an abuser is because they use those three magic words, I love him, or I love her. I love her. I love him. But there's no demonstration of love. In fact, it's actually the opposite. There's there's a demonstration of abuse, manipulation, and control. How can we be confident how can we be confident that the God who made heaven and earth, that the God made you and I, how can we be confident of his love? How can we be confident and know that he really, truly loves you and me? Well, you might answer, it says it in his word, 316, John 316, for God so loved the world. It's right there. And you know what? You were absolutely right because God is good at his word. He's, a, he's not a man that he should lie. So you're absolutely Right. But you know what? There There was substance behind those words of for God so loved the world. First John four, nine and 10 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. This is how he demonstrated. This is the substance behind those words. I love you. And John writes, he said he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He goes on in verse 10. He says, this is love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's how we know he loves us. Because he demonstrated, God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to earth to have one mission. And that is to die and rise again. Amen. We see that sacrifice in a something of far more importance than gifts. Something far more important than doing a chore or, 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 or spending time with each other or money or whatever it may be. We see that God so loved the world that he gave his one, one and only son. We know God's love. We have proof of his love because he gave us a gift, he gave you a gift. The gift of Jesus. Let's go back to John 3.16. That leads us to our third truth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, here it is again, that he gave his one and only Son. That's our proof. And that is our gift. The third truth I want us to see this morning is God's gift of his love. God didn't just feel the fallen world and say, oh, I feel for you. Oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Oh, yes, I listened to you. Oh, yeah, okay. He listened to and he did something about it. What did he do? He, he felt a certain way. It's, it's, it's one thing to feel a certain way. It's another thing to act upon that feeling. See, Jesus felt for us. I'm mean, sorry, God felt for us. And so he acted upon it and he gave us a gift in Jesus. That's what God did. He gave us Jesus God offered something that was near and dear. He, He gave us something that he cared about. He gave us something that he only had one of. He gave us something that he loved dearly. God didn't have a bunch of sons. He had one son. And he gave that one sum up for a ransom for many. Matthew 20 verse 28 says to give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom payment is a payment to release a prisoner or someone held hostage. I'm telling you right now, we are in bondage. We are held hostage. We are the prisoners of our sin, and he loved you so much that he said, I'm paying a ransom, not a bail bond. He ain't putting down 10%. He paid the 100%. He said, I'm giving you a ransom in Jesus, and I'm paying for it 100%. I'm releasing you of your bondage and your sin. Here's a gift, and that gift is Jesus for the payment of sin. The ransom was paid, it was given to you and I to be set free. Let me tell you this, I have one son and I have one daughter and I love them each dearly. If I had the time, I'll tell you how miracle babies, they both were. Absolutely, both of them were. But I wouldn't give up either one. I wouldn't. Yeah, of course, you have your days. But to be honest, you know, especially quarantine, I've been locked up in the house for them for 12 days now. I love my babies. I wouldn't give them up. For nothing. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't even give one of them up if I had a hundred of them because they're unique to me. They're my babies. But that's what Jesus did. That's what God did for us. He gave us Jesus. Let me tell you this, and this is how important this is. Listen to this God didn't give us his leftovers, He gave us the best, He gave us His one. He didn't give us a, a, a rejected or unwanted gift. You know, we've all had those gifts in Christmas time, right? We got, we got the gift and we're like, hey, thanks, I appreciate it. And then we get home and we're like, I don't want this or I don't have no use for this. And we, what do we do? It goes back in a bag or we, we rewrap it. We take it to work and give it to somebody else, right, for a gift exchange that we may have. God did not do that with Jesus. It was his display in this amazing gift. Let me tell you this, in that gift, there is no, no purchase necessary. God's not an infomercial where he says, you know, uh, this is your free gift if you purchase this. There is no purchase price required. The price has already been paid for. You receive the free gift. I'll tell you this, God is an infomercial, When he says this, there's always more of God. Always more, but wait, there's more. When you think you know God, I'm telling you right now, elevate. God's saying, no, wait, there's more. That, that is, that's part of the commercial that is true about God, but there is no purchase price for the free gift. The free gift is yours and mine. Let me tell you that salvation is free, but it, it was not cheap. The gift cost you nothing, but it costs someone everything. And that everything was God's willingness to give us of his son. Why did he do it? Because he loved us. God's gift was his proof that he loved you and I. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. Let me tell you this. We didn't deserve his love. We didn't earn his love. His love was lavished on us. It was given to us. And it says, even while we were still sinners, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because he loved us. Let me tell you this. You can love the sinner and hate the sin. He loves the sinner. You and I are sinners. He loves the sinners. But he hates our sin. He can't stand our sin. And notice what John 3.16 says. It says, for God so loved. L-O-V-E-D. Loved. It doesn't say he so loves. He said he so loved the world. He doesn't love us because we are now Christians or we become Christians. Love is not a present tense. Love is a past tense, meaning he loved us while we were still sinners. He loved us before we were saved. He loves us after we are saved. He loves us. I'm telling you right now, someone needs to hear that today. Type that in the chat bar right now. He loves me. Because people need to hear that today. We are in a world that doesn't say it enough. Jesus died for you. He loves you. He loves me. That's a word for somebody who feels rejected, who feels unloved. Let me tell you, your creator in heaven saw you and loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. Otherwise, he would never went to Calvary that day. He loves you. Let me tell you this: God acted first. God loved first. God gave first. And First John four nineteen says this: We love because He what? He first loved us. He first loved you. He first loved me. Me and my wife, we go around and we we tell each other it's because I love you more, right? She did. She she washed actually this shirt for me last night before I l- left the. The the house. She goes. I washed your shirt, and here it is. And she says, "Because I love you more, right?" We always say that. We I'll bring her coffee, and I say, "I brought you coffee because I love you more." And we go back and forth with that. This little fun thing we do. But you know what? That's what God tells us. He says, "Hey, listen, child. I love you more, and that's why I sent my son to die upon the cross because I loved you more, and I love you first. I love you more." And because I loved you first. The last truth I want us to see this morning is found again. You named it John three sixteen, but we're going to add verse 17 to it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. We see the love. We see the, 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 um, the proof, right? We see the gift, the son, and here's the promise says that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The fourth truth I want us to see today is God's promise of his love. It's his promise. His promise is there. We see it. We see God's proof. We see his gift. We see now his promise. That he makes to you and he makes to me. What is the promise? It says it right there. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's God's promise to you and to me. We are the recipients of God's love. The recipients of God's love are right there. See, God loves the world, but that love is truly activated when, when, they, when they accept him. When they accept him. Jesus. The recipients of God's love are those who believe in Jesus. Whoever believes in me, he said, whoever believes in him. What does it believe mean? It's it's more than an intellectual uh, uh, awareness. It's more than just to say I believe. And in the amplified version we read earlier, it means who cleaves to him, trusts him, and relies on him. See, when we believe in Jesus, then we have the promise. We believe in Jesus and then we can accept the promise, which is eternal life through him. See, but the opposite of eternal life is what does he say in John 3, 16 is to perish. He says there, right? He says that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting eternal life with him shall not perish. God's love is intentional and he wants no one to nobody to perish god's love is intentional what does perish mean we don't use the word perish nowadays what perish means it means to suffer death it means to come to a destruction it means to be lost he doesn't want nobody to suffer death he wants nobody to come to destruction he wants no sheep no people that are lost his promise was for each of us to never experience the second death and you're like what's the second death dennis was explains in Revelations 20, verse 14 and 15. And it says this Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Hell, I'm sorry to bump your, uh, pop your bubble today. Hell is a real place. You have heaven and you have hell. There's no one in between. And then he goes on in verse 15 says, Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. What's the lake of fire? The lake of fire is hell. It's a real thing, it's an absolute real thing for real people. But, but Jesus came, that none shall go there. It's his promise, it, that none shall perish. So how to receive this promise? Well, he goes back and he says again in John three sixteen that whoever believes in him, believes in him. We must believe and confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, and not just confess, but live the life. That he is your Savior. That he is your Redeemer. And I guarantee you this, if you, if you uh, uh, allow Jesus to be Lord of your life, to come into your life and come into your heart, he will change things for the, for the better, not for the worst. I've never heard someone that say, you know, what? I gave Jesus the opportunity and he ruined my life. Never allow Jesus into your life that you shall not perish, but have eternal life and you will never experience a second death. See, Jesus died on the cross. And he died on the cross for everyone. Jesus conquered death. He resurrected on this resurrecting Sunday. He is alive and he is well. He resurrected on the grave from the grave. He is no longer placed upon that cross. You notice on a Christian church, Christians wear an empty cross because Jesus is no longer on the cross. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. One and done. He did all that, death on the cross, resurrection on a Sunday. God sent his one and only son. And why did he do it all? For one reason, and the reason was he loved you. He loved me. Look what Romans 8.34 says. It says this, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, He's not dead no more. He was raised to life, is at the right hand of of God, and is also interceding for us. Where is Jesus at? He's alive. Where is he at? At the right hand of God. What is he doing? He's interceding for you and for me. That's what he's doing. Interceding. What does the word interceding mean? It means they intervene. Well, what does it mean intervene? It means Jesus is trying to alter the results or course of event that you are on right now. He's trying to alter your life. People, the the scripture says... That the road to hell is wide, but the road to heaven is narrow. He's on that road, and he's trying to tell people, listen, I'm trying to intervene. I died for you. I was raised the death uh, for you. I love you. Listen, I'm trying to intervene for you. Wake up. It's time to, to really get to know me because you're perishing if you don't. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to alter your results. He is trying to alter the path that you are currently on. He's trying to lead you to the path of eternal life with him. Why is he doing any of that? One simple reason. Because he loves you. He loves you. Revelations 3.20 says this. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. It's more than a meal. He's going to share his life together with you. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He ain't at your front door. He ain't at your back door. He's at the door of your heart. And he's knocking right now. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 let me in. Let me in. And why is he saying let me in? Because he's trying to to intercede for you. He's trying to get your attention. You know, this whole coronavirus thing has totally reset our lives. It's totally has given us a chance to do things we've never done before. Spend time with our family. Spend time with God. Listen, we hit the reset button. That's what what Jesus is about. Let Let me reset your life. He's giving you the opportunity. He's been knocking on your heart's door to say, hey, listen, what's the reason why you haven't spent time with me? There's nothing else you're going to do. You're going to wake up. How many times can you clean your house? How many times can you watch reruns of the 2000 NBA finals? All right? last year's Super Bowl. How many times can you watch that? And he's knocking at your heart door and he says, hey, listen, invite me in so I can eat with you. Will you give him, will you let him in? today? Will you accept the promise that He has presented to us? Will you accept the gift that He wants to give to you and to me? I don't know what your situation is, but I know the God who can change. The God is the restorer, the restoration. The God that can make the impossible. The God that can open doors that no man can open. The God that can prove the doctors wrong and He does it on a daily basis. The God that automatically will somehow fulfill fulfill the need in your finances when when there's a need there. The God who will do the impossible. The God that calls out the storms in life and tells them to cease. The God who loves you. The God who cares for you. The God who made you. The God who looked upon you and said, you know what? That's a very good thing right there. I want to introduce you to that God this morning. Close your eyes and bow your heads wherever you may, may be at. You know what your walk journey is for God? I don't know it. But let's let's learn who God is. Let's let God come into our life. Let's accept his love. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying upon that cross. I thank you for new starts. I thank you for the love that you demonstrated that day. And I ask you to come into my heart be Lord of my life. Be king of my life. I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. If you accepted God as your Lord and Savior, accepted Jesus the free gift, you know what? That's awesome. Welcome to the family of God. For those that are believers, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep going in faith. Let's keep pushing to what God has in store for us. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love that you showed upon the cross over two thousand years ago. I thank you for the ultimate one and done sacrifice, Lord. But I worship you for the for Jesus is interceding on my behalf, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and He's doing it because He loves me, because He loves you. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you just continue giving us your peace, your understanding, your wisdom. Be with us, Lord, in every day, no matter if it's a troubled time or a great time, pandemic or no pandemic. Lord, allow us to never go go back to what we were before, but allow us to experience a newness with you for the new believer, for the old believer, or mature believer, I should say. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to change us for the good and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I encourage you, once this this uh the stream ends share it again share it again share it again there's millions upon millions of people that are viewing Facebook every single second you never know you may be the Bible that they ever read share it with somebody today God bless you we'll see you throughout this week and we'll see you again for another awesome time with the worship and also with the word next Sunday 10 a.m. God bless your church. Have a good one.